The most recent addition to the Nasholos Music Library, that was Andriana, with a song from her brand new CD, Songs from Home, and that was called Zabuta Dorijenka, Forgotten Road, a song about a young girl who meets a charming soldier who promises to return and marry her, and the question is, will he return? Andriana, from her CD, Pisnis Domu, Songs from Home, and... Zabuta Dorzhenka, Forgotten Road. Dobry den, shenovni radio suchici. Tabitayo vas vsih na radio peredaču naš holos radio krinskoho korinja. Jaka podijecija vam sjoho dni, tak jaki kožni serede, zudi nacitoj do tri nacitojho dene na radio stanci CHLY stoj deni sim FM umisti nenajmo. Pre mikrofonit sjoho denu je Pavlina, a nastupnoho denu bude z vame Oksana. Djakuju što rišale pare bude z nama nastupnih dvoho den, me mamo duže si kavi navene nasjednišnji Hello there and welcome to Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio coming to you from CHLY 101. Hello there and welcome to Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio coming to you on CHLY 101.7 FM in Nanaimo. I'm Paulette Demchuk Macquarie, Pokrinska Pavlina, and I'll be your host for this first hour. Oksana will be here at 12 noon to host the show in Ukrainian. We've got a great program lined up for you in this hour a Ukrainian recipe, a Ukrainian Christmas recipe, actually, and it's one of 12 we'll be sharing from the Nasholos Audio Archives this Christmas season through to January 5th. We've also got a Ukrainian Jewish heritage and an interview with Alison Zivin of the Felstein Society and Karen Gershon of Project Kesher, both in New York City, and we'll be speaking about the work they're doing together in Ukraine. As well, we've also got our usual proverb of the week, other items of interest, and great Ukrainian music. And since today is St. Nicholas Day on the Julian calendar, for those celebrating on the old quote-unquote calendar, so we'll give a nod to St. Nicholas again. As well, we've got um, a lot of non-Christmas music because we're going to be launching into our Christmas programming, uh, starting uh, with the Vancouver edition and the international editions of this coming weekend. So in this hour, some St. Nicholas tunes and the rest non-Christmas music. So coming up next, Ukrainia from Ottawa and a song about that wise guy, Yarema. Оце я родився літо на зорі, мудрі були люди, родичі мої, куми в нас кликали, церкву отвели, їм я Ярема мені надали. Гей, оце я, Ярема, оце, оце ухака, оце я, Ярема, буде голова, оце я, Ярема, оце, оце ухака, оце я, Ярема, буде голова. 
ходити Став мені учитель, так і говорити Ой, тобі я ремо, мудра голова Одна біда тільки, олію нема Оце я, я рема, оце, оце рухака Оце я, я рема, мудра голова Оце я, я рема, оце, оце рухака Оце я, я From the Nasholos Audio Archives, Ukrainian Food Flare. Hello. Whipped navy beans form the base of a traditional ritual Ukrainian Christmas dish. However, this flavorful and nutritious dish is delicious any time of year, and you don't have to be Ukrainian to enjoy it. The recipe that I'm going to share with you calls for dried beans. If you're pinched for time, you can substitute canned beans, one 14-ounce can per cup of dried beans. But for taste and nutritional value, dried beans are best, and of course, traditional. This is my family recipe for Ukrainian navy bean dip, and it will make about three cups. You'll need the following ingredients. One pound, which is about two cups, of dried white navy beans, one large onion, finely chopped, quarter cup olive oil, four cloves garlic, salt, and freshly ground pepper to taste. Here's how you would do this the traditional way. Soak beans overnight in water. The next day, drain the beans, add fresh water to cover, and cook on low heat until tender, about two and a half to three hours. My mom used to drop in a whole onion and boil it with the beans for extra flavor. For modern cooks who like to save time, it only takes about 30 minutes to cook the beans in a pressure cooker. You could also cook the beans overnight in a slow cooker. When the beans are cool, drain and mash. 
Saute the chopped onion in oil until very tender. Be careful not to scorch them as it will alter the flavor and also won't look so nice. Add the sautéed onions to the mashed beans, crush or mash garlic and add to the bean mixture. Mix well. Season to taste. Reheat if serving hot or serve cold. Either way, it's absolutely delicious. So try it. It's Ukrainian. This has been Ukrainian Food Flare from the Nasholos Audio Archives. from Winnipeg from their second CD Let's Ask the Polka Band and a traditional Ukrainian folk song done in a real nice polka style as Sluhai is wont to do and that was Oipid Hayam Hayam in the Grove
And up next, Prairie Crocus, also from Winnipeg, from their CD, Back Up and Push. And you're going to need to grab another couple because you'll be doing the Highland Shotis. Radio Programu Nash Holos Radio Nashaho Korinya na Radio Stansi CHLY Stoadenisim FM Umistina Naimo Hovorit Pavlina. You're listening to Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio on CHLY 101.7 FM in beautiful downtown Nanaimo. I'm your host this hour, Pavlina. 
Next up, as promised at the beginning of the program, since today is St. Nicholas Day on the Julian calendar, we have some St. Nicholas tunes, starting with this one with the students of the Metropolitan André Szeptyski School in Montreal and Zainzelaine. O Sveti Nash Mikolaju, zahosti do nas Izraju, sian holatami malimi i zvinkami holosnimi, i soboju zabere čemnim dzitočkam dare. Ти 
čeká jemo na tebe. Cíli dlhý, dlhý rýk, nám s tobou tak veselo. Ty prinosíš radí smích, prosím o tebe láskavo. And also from Montreal, that was Oksana Senkiv with Svete Mikolai, St. Nicholas. And coming up next, uh, a bit of a rocker of a tune. This is uh, one of my favorite St. Nicholas tunes. It is performed by Taras Chubai, Mikolai Borodati, Bearded St. Nicholas. На зиму через школу Кльово так Самому в хаті Скоро різдво І Миколай бородатий Скоро українці Будуть співати Не просто так Без причини Будуть колядувати І Миколай бородатий Колай бородатий Дивлюсь вікно, сніг лопатий Хтось там йде до нашої хати То не якийсь Дід Мороз, то Миколай бородатий Мені принесе він нову гітару До вас прийде також не за паром Святий Миколай, Миколай бородатий
Every day, more Ukrainian soldiers are killed or wounded by Russian invaders. You can help wounded heroes by joining the Adopt-A-Soldier program of registered charity Ukraine War Amps. A small monthly donation goes very far for medical services and living expenses and creates a special bond between you and a wounded hero. 100% of your contribution goes to the soldier. Please, adopt a soldier today. Visit ukrainewaramps.ca or find us on Facebook. And now for a look at Ukraine's rich Jewish heritage, then and now. Brought to you by the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter, based in Toronto, Ontario. This is Pavlina, producer and host of Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio. Last spring, we first spoke with Alan Bernstein, president of the Felstein Society in New York, about his organization's upcoming centenary commemoration of a horrible pogrom that took place in 1919 in a shtetl in Ukraine called Felstein, now Hvardiska. Just a few weeks ago, he told us about an amazing connection the society has made with a Catholic priest and school principal in Hvardiska who plan to take an active role in the commemorations. The Felstein Society's commemorations will be taking place in the spring of 2019, and we will hear from them again closer to the time. Meanwhile, it was Alison Zivin of the Felstein Society who initially contacted Nasholos with information about their project. Alison is also involved with other projects pertaining to Ukrainian Jewish heritage, including work with a group called Project Kesher. Project Kesher focuses on helping Jewish women in Ukraine and other parts of the former Soviet Union and Eastern Europe to regain their Jewish identity in a post-Soviet and post-Holocaust environment. Karen Gershon is the executive director of Project Kesher, also headquartered in New York. Recently, both of these amazing women kindly took time out of their busy schedules to speak with us on Skype about their work. So let's start first with um, Allison and the Felshin Society's connection with Project Kesher. How did you two get connected up? So one of the projects that the Felstein Society has been working on is to figure out a way to educate people about the nearly 200,000 victims of pogroms that took place across uh, Ukraine and Belarus following the Russian Revolution. And it's you know, it's obviously a huge genocide. Um, it was what many scholars say was the seeding that enabled the Holocaust to happen, and yet it's a footnote in the Jewish history books. And with that background, we've been reaching out to rabbis at synagogues and JCCs and other organizations around the U.S. and around the world to ask them to plan commemorative events. And um, that's been great, but a little bit slow going because it's really a labor intensive effort to have conversations mm -hmm. with each individual rabbi. Mm -hmm. And then I came up with the idea that there were nonprofit organizations that ran many different groups, such as Project Kesher, across what was the former Soviet Union, and thought, oh, wow, they would have outreach to 
many different people that could help spread this message and educate people. And I reached out to Karen at Project Kesher, and she was very enthusiastic about the idea. So what is it that's different that you're doing then with Project Kesher that's related to the the, um, pogrom commemoration? It's not really anything that's that different. It's just a way to both spread the word about the pogroms as well as to help educate people in the former Soviet Union about this era that was part of their Jewish heritage. And so I believe Karen is asking her group leaders over there to plan different types of commemorations. And it can be anything from from reading a book about the pogroms and having a discussion about it to showing a film to um, asking people to mm-hmm. bring in pictures of their ancestors and share stories that they've heard um, to having a candlelight vigil or some other more prayer-based commemoration. Okay. Uh, when we spoke with, uh, Alan was explaining to me, um, as you just did, that uh, it's pretty hard to, to get the word out to, to all these people. And JCCs, by the way, is Jewish Community Centers? Correct. Okay. So, of course, everybody's yeah. in North America, we're spread out, of course, and around the world. And in Ukraine, of course, the Jewish community is just rebuilding. And that is where Project Kesher comes in, I suppose. And um, Karen, maybe tell us a little bit about Project Kesher. You've, you've got a, quite an extensive network that you've been building. So when did it start and, and what was the catalyst? So um, in the late 1980s, when the free Soviet Jewry movement was getting very strong, one of Project Kesher's founders, Sally Gratch, a social worker from Evanston, Illinois, went to Moscow on a walk from Moscow to then Leningrad. It was a peace march, and she discovered that many of the people in the Jewish community were not openly Jewish any longer, Mm -hmm. but that they were active in the peace movement. The following year, she convinced her husband, Alan Gratch, to take a Fulbright scholarship, and they moved together to Kiev, Ukraine, so that he could teach law while she went out to look to see if there were more Jews living throughout Ukraine who would be interested in rebuilding Jewish life. And that's when we really got started. It was in the early 90s. In 1994, Sally connected with so many Jewish women in the region that she kicked off the first international conference of Jewish women in Kiev, bringing together about 200 uh, Jewish women from around the world to meet all the Jewish women who were starting to emerge in Ukraine. Things have changed so dramatically since that time. You know, when we started there, I think people really saw Jews as a separate part of the population. People were Ukrainian, and then they were Jewish. Right. But today, particularly since the 2014 revolution, Most Jews in the region would talk about themselves as Ukrainian Jews. And I think that one of the reasons why we're so interested in this project is that I think it's so important that all of Ukrainian society reconcile with a lot of the horrors that came before in Ukrainian life. Mm -hmm. There were the pogroms, there was Holodomor, and of course there was the Holocaust. And I think that citizens of Ukraine as a whole have to make peace with what came before so that they can transition to being a really vibrant democracy and a pluralist and inclusive society. Mm-hmm. So we are told to be given the opportunity to work with other organizations, both Jewish and non-Jewish, really to understand Ukraine's history so that they can move really effectively into their future. 
Yes, and I'm seeing that this is uh, very much becoming a trend. I'm speaking with a lot of people, uh, Ukrainians who are Jewish heritage or not Jewish heritage, and that's how they feel. They are they are Ukrainian, whether they're Jewish or Christian or Muslim or whatever or nothing, you know, like no religion. They are Ukrainian first, so they're creating a kind of a cohesiveness. Um, you're doing work not just in Ukraine, but you're doing work throughout um, other countries. Are you having the same sort of thing going on in other in the other countries you're involved in? Well, it is a particularly exciting time in Ukraine. I've been there twice in the last four months. And I would say that every time I go right now, it is so exhilarating because the entire country is moving towards a really vibrant democracy as fast as it can. And while there are certainly hurdles, you do see an incredible uh, movement. You see more money starting to come through the system. You know, I, I was walking down the street one day and saw 20 new ambulances being prepared to go out into the territories, uh, the different, you know, oblasts. Mm -hmm. So it's a very, very exciting time in Ukraine. Belarus is interesting because due to the tensions between Ukraine and Russia, Belarus has had sanctions lifted. And they're sort of serving as, I guess, what they would call an honest broker in the region. And a lot of the different issues that are being resolved are, are being done so on Belarusian territory. And so for the first time in ages, there's actually money filtering into Belarus. And you can see the loosening of their economy and a loosening of many of their different, their rights. People are, are more forthcoming than they used to be, a lot more mm -hmm. conversation. I was in Moscow about three weeks ago. And, you know, I think it's so important to always remember that our relationship right now between the United States and Russia that we're paying attention to is at the governmental level. Mm -hmm. And that is so dysfunctional. But at the people level, the vast majority of people in Russia, you know, their values are not all that different than ours. They're not necessarily supportive of their country. It's the country they live in. But even there, you know, I saw a lot more freedom of speech. I attended three women's conferences over a four-day period. I found the women, again, more communicative, more feminist, more open to, you know, criticizing their government. But they're not doing it in a way that, you know, would be sort of a pussy riot type of way. Mm -hmm. They're doing it in a more methodical, behind-the-scenes uh, way to try to get, for instance, legislation back in place that would criminalize domestic violence because last year they decriminalized domestic yes. violence and it's had a negative ramification. So I was very pleased to see that the women I was meeting with were very focused on constructive ways to get their government to meet their needs. So I would say that overall there were a lot of positive things in all three of the countries I visited recently and while certainly Russia's role in Crimea and eastern Ukraine is devastating and unacceptable. On a people-to-people -people level, I find that there is a lot to be optimistic about because there are sort of parallel movements going on in these countries. What kind of an effect or impact would you say that your work, the empowering of women that you're doing, does it spill over into the um, the power structures? Does it trickle up? Well... Certainly in Ukraine, I see women taking increasingly active roles. I mean, it was just maybe, I don't know, 18 months, two years ago that Ukraine upgraded its domestic violence laws. They put in things like 
uh, restraining orders, things that are very common in, in the West. And um, I'm seeing them hold hearings in Ukraine on these kinds of issues. And women's voices are being heard very, very strongly uh, on public radio. We have a show right now on Romatsky Radio, and uh, it's on women's health. Um, we're finding you know, a very good receptivity to talking very candidly about women's health in Ukraine. You know, whether it's taking place at the Verkhada Rada stage, Verkhovna Rada, or at the Duma, you know, women's voices certainly are not being heard nearly enough yet at the governmental level. But at the local level, we're starting to see a lot more women's voices bubble up. I think the decentralization process in Ukraine bodes well in some communities for getting more women to be activists. So, again, guardedly optimistic. Only time <laughs> will, will tell if, in fact, all of the dreams of the revolution will be realized. But people are working very hard to get women's voices heard there. It's interesting that we started out speaking about um, this being a, uh, a project specifically geared at Jewish women, but you're speaking on really a much broader level. And you've got groups that work with... Jewish women who are reclaiming, like Ukrainian women, I guess, who are discovering, rediscovering their Jewish roots. But you're also working in a broader, on a broader level. You've got interfaith groups as well that you're working with. Yeah, so we start in the Jewish community, and then we form interfaith coalitions with uh, people of all different backgrounds to work on women's issues. Mm -hmm. And so that's, you know, really critical. I think that, you know, one of the things that I, I appreciate the most about the model, which I didn't create, it was created by our founder, Sally Gratz, is it's a social work model. And one of the reasons why Feldstein is such a good match for us is that, you know, we have more than 70 groups in Ukraine, and then we have all these interfaith partners. And so we will be able to bring this program not only to our initial groups, but then to share it with our interfaith partners and really look at the ramifications for society as a whole to deal with its history. So we're just so appreciative to have this content so that we can bring it out. It, I think it's so much more effective when nonprofits can build on each other's mm -hmm. work. And I think it is a particularly positive thing to be able to not just do it in the Jewish community, but then to bring it to the society as a whole. And so one of the things we look at is because so many women are school teachers and social workers and involved in the community at large, is that our hope is, is that we will not only do these programs in faith settings, but then we will bring them into the school system, we'll bring them into the workplace, and look for opportunities where people can really talk about, you know, the history and, and the future. Mm -hmm. um, what we will do with Allison and the Feldstein Society is create a variety of ways that people can observe in their community individually and in groups. And then we will offer them this platform. And at, at the most bare minimum, our hope is, is that there will be 200,000 candles lit in memory of the 200,000 who died. Mm -hmm. And we will ask people if they, they do this in their home, they'll photograph it, they'll upload it, and they'll see that there are people you know, not only throughout Ukraine, but throughout the entire region, and then globally, who care about this history and can recognize that the Holocaust was not the beginning of this tragedy. It was the natural continuation 
and that we have to have a memory of the lead up to the ultimate Holocaust so that, again, we don't want to ever see it repeated in history. There are genocides going on worldwide at all times. There's a group called Jewish World Watch that wants people to understand that while the Jewish community has been very strong advocates for never again in Jewish life, that even to this day there are other genocides going on around the world and we have to be ever vigilant and, and devote the resources necessary to make sure that there isn't another population that experiences the horror of the Holocaust. But we are. We, we still are struggling with these issues. It's a, it's a lifetime work. And uh, thank you so much for sharing your story. And good luck in all your endeavors. And hope to speak with you again in the near future, Karen. And you too, Allison. Oh, thank you so much, Paulina. I was speaking with Allison Ziven, who works with the Felstein Society in New York, and with Karen Gershon, Executive Director of Project Kesher. You can find out more about their organizations at their websites, felstein.org and projectkesher.org. This is Pavlina, producer and host of Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio. Thanks so much for listening. Shalom. Ukrainian Jewish Heritage is brought to you by the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter, based in Toronto, Ontario. To find out more about their work, visit their website and follow them on Facebook and Twitter. Transcripts and audio files of this and earlier broadcasts of Ukrainian Jewish Heritage are available at their website, ukrainianjewishencounter.org, as well as at the Nasholos website, www.nasholos.com. Слухайте радіопрограму «Наш голос» радіо нашого коріння на радіостанції CHLY 101.7 FM у місті Нунаймо. При микрофоні сьогодену є Павліна. You're listening to Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio coming to you on CHLY 101.7 FM in Nunaimo. I'm your host this hour, Павліна.
and that was the Svalava Kozachuk by Yale Strom, a bit of klezmer for you there. And Yale Strom is an American klezmer artist and also an aficionado of uh, the history of klezmer. And uh, he did a definitive biography, I'd say, of Dave Terras, who had Ukrainian roots and went on to become called the King of Klezmer. And uh, you can check the Nasholos Audio Archives, Ukrainian Jewish Heritage, on the website if you missed that story. Again, that was Yale Strom with Svalava Kozachok. And up next, we've got a group from Ukraine called Express. And uh, here they are with a song from one of their CDs, a collection of Ukrainian folk songs. And uh, this is kind of on topic um, because it is uh, about something that Ukrainians eat a lot of at Christmas season. Well, most pretty much year round, but especially Christmas season, very important to uh, have all those different kinds of yummy pierogies. So here is Express Now singing about Varenechke. And our proverb of the week translates as, He who is not afraid to speak the truth is worthy of respect. 
And that brings us to the end of the first hour of Nasholus Ukrainian Roots Radio here on CHLY 101.7 FM in Nanaimo. Please stay with us as Oksana takes over the microphone to host the next hour. Meanwhile, please join me here again next Wednesday from 11 a.m. till 12 noon. And until then, do stay in touch with both Oksana and me via our Facebook page and Twitter. If you're able to catch the live transmission of the show, make sure to use the fantastic new media player at www.chly.ca. If you miss the live transmission of the show, you can always catch the podcast. There's a media player as well as a link to the Nash Holos podcast feed at our website, www.nashholos.com. We're also on Mixcloud along with the other fine programs here on CHLY 101.7 FM. So stay tuned next for the Nash Holos Ukrainian Hour with Oksana, followed by Wellness Wednesday to learn how to be healthy naturally. And at 2 p.m., join Gord Bibby for two hours of great oldies on Groovin' with Bibby G. I'm Pavlina. Thanks so much for listening. Dozusirichi. Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.